What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 11 of Impactful Conversations. Thanks again for all of the feedback, everyone tuning in, listening, um, and everything we've gotten from all of you guys. We really appreciate it. Today's guest is the CEO of Junior Golf. He teaches G, not golf, and that's Gavin Flo Parker. He brought the energy. He's going to motivate you. He's going to get you excited. Uh, and I think you guys are really, really going to enjoy this. I know I did. So without any further ado, the CEO of Junior Golf, Gavin Parker. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for coming back. Today, Welcome we have a very back. special Welcome guest. I hope you uh, turn your turn your radios up, down, whatever you want. We've got Gavin Parker uh, on the pod today. Uh, and PGA instructor, directional instructor, right? What's your like title? And I know you're in Virginia, right? So like, what's your title and where are you at right now? I love it. Well, my name is Gavin Flotilla Parker. Essentially, I'm the CEO of Junior Golf. So that's my title. I teach uh, golf at Salisbury Country Club in Richmond, Virginia. And um, as you guys both know, most people hate golf. It's boring. It's the worst sport ever designed. It takes forever. It's hard as hell. So trying to get kids to play golf is like, um, it's kind of hard to do. So I try to create environments that create a series of meaningful choices and decisions to getting kids to want to use a stick and a ball and to play golf for the sake of playing golf um, instead of making them feel like they have to want to be good. So I'm very blessed, very fortunate um, to wake up every day and uh, get excited to, uh, uh, I guess, uh, create joy about using a stick and a ball. And I guess, uh, you know, uh, you can call it golf if you want. I prefer to call it G. <laughs> hey, yeah. I like that. I like that. So, so it's actually funny. And Gavin, I don't even think you knew this. So Trevor, so Trevor, the way I know Trevor, Trevor coached me in high school. Trevor is actually a Campbell alum as well. He's a couple years older than us, about three or four years older than us. So we got three Campbell alums on the pod. It's not the first time. And nope. it definitely is not going to be the last. A lot of our connections actually are coming from Campbell, which is hilarious. Oh, Campbell. Well, yeah. so Chicken yep. noodle, baby. I love it. <laughs> hey, humpbacks. Hey, no comment, man. If you were in the creek, you get it, man. So we we a different breed already. We obviously ain't go to Campbell for Campbell. You know what I'm saying? Right, <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. exactly. So, all right. So let's kind of get started there, man. I like now that we know, you know, everyone's listening knows what you do and everything. So kind of give us a start, like before Campbell. Like obviously you were into golf. Like you came to Campbell, like you know, for a specific reason. Yeah. And like, kind of like get it started, like, you know, kind of like through your, you know, your upbringing and through high school and then like yeah. what brought you to Campbell and then right after Campbell, like what made you go and want to do junior golf, you know, instead yes. of going and yes. yeah, right. normal, you know, the other routes that were available to you. Man. So first thing I want to say is uh, most stories are made up, but all mine are true. So uh, <laughs> uh, the best way I can kind of describe it, man, is like, uh, fellas, you guys ever played like Pac-Man? Like the video yes. game Pac-Man or like, like Pac-Man. Pac Pac so I, I love Pac-Man. So, you know, how Pac-Man spends most of the game, you know, being off chased. Off the screen? No, well, off the screen, but Pac-Man spends most of the game like being chased by ghosts, you know. Mm, but every yes. every now and then he goes into the little corner or whatever, Trevor. And he, uh, you know, he eats the power pellets. Yes. yes. And, and the whole dynamics of Pac-Man start to change. Mm. You know, Pac-Man feels on. Pac-Man feels invincible. Pac-Man starts chasing the ghosts, bro. That's literally how I feel every single moment of my life. And mm. since at a very early age, man, I've known that I've been, uh, I had this ability to have like a lot of energy and, and uh, I've always been known to be the type of guy that's kind of infectious, kind of contagious. You know, I can kind of, you know, I can move the room, if you will. I can always have this ability mm. to influence any room I was in before I was there. And I, I literally feel like I, I eat power pellets. But the thing about power pellets is like you only get four level and you got to be able to replenish them and to use them accordingly. And I truly feel like I have this gift and this gift is to share power pellets and to allow other people to eat their own power pellets and learn how to re replenish them. So um, right now, I kind of use golf as an avenue to like embrace my, my power pellets and kind of use a stick and a ball to get kids kind of excited, man. But at a very early age, man, I, I, I knew I've always been kind of odd, kind of different. I've never really, you know, uh, I, I usually don't really fit in. I kind of stand out um, playing soccer, you know, playing golf, obviously being black, playing golf. There's not a lot of black guys that play golf. And um, well, we got Tiger Woods. Yeah. What you talking about? Well, well, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we got Tiger Woods, but it's kind of, you know, it's, it's not a sport that's kind of deemed as like many people who kind of look like me play it. 
And um, I, I never was very good at golf growing up. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, you know, oh, I could have gone pro. I could have gone elite. Um, and every time I would take lessons, guys, to get better, it was always predicated on like a result or like to have some means to an end. And I could mm. never find any coach or anybody to like teach me for the sake of teaching. Um, mm. And it was always someone outside of me trying to get me to do something to get better where, you know, I got really confused and got really frustrated and I never was like super good at golf. So I, I didn't play golf in college. You know, I, I wasn't going out and, you know, I wasn't winning state championships. Um, but I always enjoyed golf just cause I liked to wear nice clothes. I like to be outside. I like to be out, you know, like it was just different for me, man. I like to hear what a good shot sounded like. Um, so mm. that led me to Campbell university cause there was a professor there who was probably one of the best golf instructors in the world. And Campbell university had the best professional golf management program in the world. And mm. when I went to college, man, I quickly realized what the best and the best do. And I had guys in my cohort fellows that created their own junior golf platform. You know, I, I, there's oh, guys wow. okay. and, and they, they truly disrupted traditional golf programs because for many of the times when kids learn how to play golf, they only learn golf in the one-time camper clinic. And these guys created a platform where kids would see me once a week for eight months out the year. So once I graduated college, you know, I had this toolkit in this arsenal and I, and I got a job running junior golf camps in Richmond, Virginia. And, um, basically, you know, these kit these camps were known throughout the country for, you know, having like 400 kids to come in the, in the summer. And, um, you know, obviously kids, they go to school and do other sports like year round, but it wasn't for golf. So I was fortunate to kind of find this opportunity that was unique that no one in Richmond at the time was doing year round golf programs. And I kind of started coaching kids every week for, you know, eight months and started my own kind of academy through that. And then I quickly realized that every kid wants to be good. And the only other avenues out there for most kids in golf were, you know, there's only elite and performance, but no one was catering to the, the 99% of kids out there who do not want to be good. And I saw right. a huge avenue and a huge opportunity and a huge market where everyone in the junior golf space is only catering to the elite and performance kids. And that's only 1% of the kids that play golf. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Fellas like Paul mm -hmm. and Trevor, if you would ask a random poll, Trevor, being that you're a math teacher, if you would yep. ask any kid in their class, do you guys want to play golf? And one of them would be like, yeah, that sounds great. But the other 19 kids in your class are like, heck no, I don't want to play golf. So, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? So I would be a right. fool. I would be a fool to only cater to that one kid. What do those other 19 kids want to do? They all want to have a good time. They all want to mm. have fun. And fun is just the anticipation of a reward. And Oof. for the last two years, I've been studying what fun is. And I've been learning what video games do, what board games do, what toys do. And I've literally, like you know, good games create a series of meaningful choices yeah. to a quantifiable mm. outcome that yeah. aren't solely predicated on who's the best or who can hit the ball the farthest or who can hit it the closest. So I'm literally living in an avenue. And it's funny, like Paul's talking about, he sees how hype I am. But dude, Paul, you would be excited too if you know you're waking up every new day, getting ready to embark on a journey that no one else has done yet, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. Every, yes. Every, everyone in golf is only catering to kids who want to be good. When I'm like, bro, that's cool. But what's way more important than having a kid good at golf is to create a kid who has power pellets and can go into a room and move a room and can go for the win and can be the type of kid who wants to try to win and not try to lose. You know, like, dude, that's way more important than just keeping kids like who are good at golf and golf itself. You know, they try to make this argument that it teaches like responsibility and it's a gentleman's game, but that's BS because Tiger Woods is supposed to be the greatest golfer of all time, yet all the infidelities he's had. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm, that's, right. That's like, good, like, yeah, right, right, you, right. Like, do, do you want that as a role model? Like, no, bro. Right, but, no, right. But, but, but that's the issue about those who want to be great at anything, dude. Like, they, they, you know, yeah, they're amazing on the court or on the tennis court or on the basketball court or, or on the golf course, but, dude, they usually lack, like, basic things that you any normal human being would do. And I want to create amazing human beings, not just amazing golfers. So it's like, Gavin, I'm yeah, loving everything you're saying right now. Yeah, as, a, as a, as a math teacher, I, I'm trying, I'm taking everything that you're saying 
and I and I try to put that in in the realm of mathematics. Bingo. Um, because it's it, the same things you're saying about golf are the same things that people talk about for math as well. And, you know, I, as I, every time when I talk to people, I try to make it so that, you know, ma- math is all around us and, you know, you got to make it fun and engaging and just, um, you know, the, from doing some research, I saw that you do a lot of discovery through your, through your coaching, which is a, which is another way that I teach also through mathematics <laughs> is that I don't do, do a lot of rote memorization. Like we used to, you know, think about math as that, but I teach a lot of mathematics through discovery base and through inquiry, because as you talk about, like, that is where you really get students. And that is where, where you really get, make it fun and engaging um, for, for young adults. Because if you just cater to like the same old, same old way, then as you said, you're missing out on that 19% of, of people that can really, you know, have it engaging because you don't, math doesn't have to, or golf, as we are talking about, golf doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to be super elite at it. And just like in mathematics, no one's asking us to be Einstein, but you still can have a great and fun understanding and engagement with the content um, in a certain way. And it sounds like you're doing an amazing job with that. So well, I'm glad I, to have you on. Man, well, well, Trevor, I appreciate you too, man, because I will tell you, it's, it's, it, I, I've been super fortunate to learn from giants, you know, like I, I've mm. seen, like I've learned and I've put in time and research, man. And like one of my biggest, sounds men- like it one of my biggest mentors and influence man is like literally Fred Rogers, you know, Mr. Rogers, mm, like, yeah. and one of my favorite quotes from him, um, cause obviously he works with children, he works with young children, but one of my favorite quotes guys is like through play, the outcome is learning. Mm, through play, the outcome. That's, that's a, that's a, that's, that's deep. That makes you sit down and, and really think about that. It's Bingo. I mean, and, and, and you're exactly right, Paul. And a lot of people don't know is like, there's different types of play, bro. There's nine yeah. mm-hmm. aesthetics of play and every single human being experiences play differently. And every single human being experiences fun differently. Well, if you're only getting fun because you're, you know, you, you're doing this because I'm telling you to, or you, you know, you get a good reward or a good grade, but like, if you can create fun for the sake of doing it, like that's fun for us. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why we're doing this podcast. It's not, you know, we're doing it because it's, it's, it's fun to interact and connect with people. You know, we're like, right. no, kid, right. when it right. comes to right. math, when it comes to mathematics and golf, like kids, like, Oh, like it's gotta be fun. Like, no, like my intention is never fun. It's like to actually create something that's interesting enough to make kids want to do it. And by the right. act of doing this thing and creating an interesting enough scenario, then the act of itself is fun. You know what I'm saying? Where it's not like, Oh, right. you know, like, cause everybody throws that word fun on all of their brochures for anything for kids. Oh, we make learning fun. Oh, we play games. <laughs> no, you don't. Bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, like, dude, I, I take that word freaking seriously, bro. Like I, 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 I take play so seriously. I take fun so seriously. I think, well, well, Gavin, like, you talk crazy. about like the discovery, right? Like what, what and you say, you talk about how you take, how you take it seriously. And, me, and you, and you talk about that, right. And you go and you do your, you know, your discovery. I was curious, like when you say you do the research and stuff, like, are you reading books? Are you, and I, I'm sure it's a multitude of all kinds of things, but you know, are you getting your information from books? Are you like surfing the internet? I know you're, I'm sure you're talking to people, but like, where are you getting a lot of that information from when you were talking about researching and like the different avenues and stuff like that? Bingo. So I would say it started like this. Um, it, it started with me like learning how to run my own junior golf program, which mm-hmm. was super cool because I was, you know, 23 years old, started my own business, started my own company and was like, all right, I'm going to make my own junior golf program. So I had to learn how do you know, to create like a, class management system and like email parents. But then obviously I had to actually run classes and, and right. my brain out, you know, everybody, you know, I was looking at other researchers like gymnastics or karate. They always talk about like long-term learning and like this athletic, athletic development plan. And, you know, I'm going to take this kid from age three to age 18. And then I'm running these programs, following all these steps from all these other guys. And I'm like, bro, you have some six-year-olds who are skill of a 10-year-old. You have some 10-year-olds who don't have the skill. And then I'm putting them in all these, these drills and these tasks. And they're supposed to be nine. So because he's nine, he's supposed to be swinging at this speed. 
And I'm like, dude, this is crazy. And then I started teaching like three and six year olds running, teaching them the same way that I was teaching like seven to 10 year olds. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. So then I outsourced and I started learning from this lady in New York. She's created this puppet called Mama Birdie. And she uses a puppet to teach golf to three and six year olds. And then by learning like how to actually be a puppeteer and like through play that led me then to, you know, discovering like what fun is. So I have been to game design workshops. Um, Mm. I traveled to Chicago last year to basically um, the keynote speaker created Dungeons and Dragons. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, I, I was, you know, looking at the video game, the board game, the toy industry, which is a $13 billion industry, by the way. And those guys have studied what fun is. So when it comes to my research, Paul and Trevor, like most of it's I've done through like experiencing it, but mostly on the back end, going to experts in their fields and reading, you know, what motivates people, the non-aesthetics of play, um, motor learning, um, the non-linear pedagogy that basically is about, you know, how to promote self-discovery and constraint-based learning and, you know, not like on top of fellas, like I went to school to actually teach people how to be better at golf too. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 what's just crazy is like, I could, I can go down the rabbit hole and just keep, you know, but I feel like anybody could take somebody who wants to be good at golf and make them better. You know what I'm saying? But like, not a lot of people. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I just, I know. I didn't go. I, yeah, I just want to show you. I don't know. Yes, I hear what you're saying, but it does take, and I love the energy and the passion that you have, but it does take a certain person to really you know, like what you say, have the energy and passion to teach how to do that because those things are just to be great about anything. Like you have to learn those things and apply those things and push it forward. Um, and you got to have a certain, uh, for me, uh, and I love what you're saying because a lot of the pedagogical things and teaching, you're com- it looks like, it sounds like you're combining coaching, teaching, entertaining Bingo. in your skill set oh. from school oh. in your skill set from oh. school in order to like really do all this. And that's like, I think that this could be a real good model for like what kids want to do as they continue to grow, like into their own professions. Hey, Trevor, see, preach, bro, write that down. I need to write down what you just said. <laughs> because, hey, Cause that's the crazy thing is that's why I love like sharing ideas, bro. Cause like, that's, that's why I get excited, Paul, is cause I don't yeah. see myself as a coach. I don't see myself as a teacher, bro. I literally feel like I'm performing. Like I'm, I'm mm. an entertainer. Like I'm, I'm a ringleader, bro. Like it's, it's a theater, bro. Like I feel like a director of an orchestra, like, bro. Like, it, it, cause that's the thing. Like, that's what I'm, I'm literally a game designer, man. Like, oh, oh, you know right. what I'm saying? Like that's, and I think that's so sick, bro. Like, I mean, like it's, I, I get so excited to talk about this, man. Like it's wild. Well, no, I mean, and, and it's exciting. I mean, I think that's what a lot of people too that are that are listening, right? And that's the one good thing. You, you don't even have to write it down, Gavin. It's on record. So you can it back. <laughs> I, I can't wait, bro. Good to go. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, the, the, the cool thing is, I mean, I think it too, like you teaching kids, right? It takes a special person to teach kids. Like, I, I'll be, I'll be honest. And so Trevor, Trevor coaches wrestling. Like I said that's how we met. And he teaches in high, and he, you know, coaches in high school still. And it's yeah. grown, you know, a program up to, you know, a t- program that wasn't very good out in Boston to a better program now. But like for me, like I, I, you know, I train a little bit with some guys that are, you know, trying to make it to the UFC and stuff and have some wrestling background, but. I know me personally, there's no way I would think I could handle dealing with kids and, and like on a consistent basis in terms of like teaching a skill that I feel like I'm already good at. And I know that's just me about me as a person, right? Like, I think I'm very good at teaching people to have a background in that skill. But for you, right, is, is dealing with kids. I know you said like that way it happened, but was were you always like, did you always enjoy, you know, coaching those kids or teaching those kids, being like a mentor or was that's something that as you began in college and seeing these kids that you developed like more of like a hunger for and more of an enjoyment for man, Paul, I have been fortunate. Like my dad and my mom, I've been working since I was 11 years old. I'm 28 right mm-hmm. now. They, they helped me find in the state of Virginia, you can referee soccer at 11 years old. And wow. I found myself refereeing soccer to like, you know, four and five year olds. 
And how many parents were cursing you out when you were in <laughs> Now, I, I, I would say it, it, it happened not when I was not when I was eleven, but when I was twelve, because I took my craft so seriously. And what I I found out is like by coaching like the four and five year olds when they wouldn't do like a a throw in properly, I would find myself say, "Hey, this is actually how you do a throw in." You know, I would find myself coaching and volunteering when I would play golf myself. So I've been coaching since I was probably like 11. Um, and then I took my craft seriously because I quickly realized, whoa, if I'm good at refereeing soccer when I'm 12, instead of doing these U5 and these U6s, they'll actually give me U10s. And U10s pay 25 more dollars than these U6s. <laughs> and then that pattern of just becoming a serious because most kids they didn't when they did referee they didn't take it seriously so now i'm 14 15 and i'm taking my craft seriously so now i'm 14 15 and they're actually having me referee 18 year olds you know men's league and that's making three times as much you know and then you know now i'm 17 so now years of refereeing soccer i'm getting money you know i'm saying i'm like oh man i kind of like money and then, you know, obviously, because I'm coaching, I'm still doing the same way. Like, I'm telling the kid, well, I'm about to give him a red card. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not just blowing it to blowing it. So, yeah, right. Paul, you know, but no, Paul, like, parents are getting mad at me. But, like, that, that's uh, what, what's the long-term effect of being 11, 12 years old, having a grown person yelling at you for a call that you make? And whether it's a good call or bad, Paul, or bad call, fellas, I, w- I, was, I was blowing my whistle loud like I knew what I was doing. You know, because my, right. my, my dad would always tell me, bro, walk like you got both ways across the street, man. If you stand straight up, no one can ride your back. So, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you're not going to tell me anything. What you going to tell a kid who's been eating power pellets since he was fucking, oh, my God, so sorry I said that. Yes. We, um, since he was like eight years old, like since my parents always told me, like, man, I'm not like anybody else, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the long-term effect of having that support from a mom and a dad and a brother and a sister and an uncle who like, bro, Gavin, we got your back, so you might as well do it. So like now right. you, you got like now I mean I'm just a combination of eating power pellets every day over yeah, and over that confidence I'm Be- sure building that confidence level like as a kid it's, it's like crazy. going through that and like you said like your parents preaching that and pounding that into oh. you right that and knowing you have that backup too that that confidence you start instilling in yourself I mean and like like when you're when you're when you're talking even right now you know it's it's, it's, it, it makes you feel motivated and you have that energy and bring that energy. And I mean, even back in college when I knew you then, right. Every time we would talk or whatever, I and you probably don't even remember this story, but I remember this story we were talking, I don't remember what year in college it was or whatever it was, but you were talking about some kind of, uh, you know, physical education class you guys were doing. And they, it started that year and it was doing, um, uh, like planks. And I remember you were like, yeah, man, I started like, I fucking, I couldn't do any, I sucked at planks. Like I would stand up, I would stand up for like a minute and a half. He's like, he's like, we're at the end of the year. He's like, I can do, you're like, I can stay up for 15 minutes straight in a plank. Like no 15 problem. 15 minutes and, in a plank? And I, and I remember you were like man. talking about that. You were so, you were, I was like, damn, bro. Like I was like, I'm still competing every day at wrestling right now. I don't know if I can be a 15 minutes in a plank right now. Like, that's a long time, you know? Yeah. But, but I remember you saying that and I was like, damn, man, the energy this guy's bringing just to like that little thing. Like, it's no surprise to me, like the level that you've continued to bring and like you, like you bring it right to the podcast, right? It's not like, and for people that don't know, and we'll give you all the information at the end, but like you follow his Instagram, he's this way all on his Instagram. He brings the energy here. Like that's what's so, I think so cool and unique about yourself. And I think the more we are learning here, it's like, it's coming from this confidence that was instilled at even at a young age through your parents and the push. And then, bro, you know, it's, like, it's, I'm it's, just it's blessed, crazy. man. Yeah. It, yeah. I'm just blessed, man. I, I would say my dad, um, my mom were amazing. And the best definition of confidence I've ever heard is a gentleman by the name of Paul Dooley, um, that I met, um, at Campbell, actually. Um, he came and spoke to us. He's a mental performance coach for like PJ tour players. And he said, confidence is the ability of doing things consistently. True. He's good. He's well-renowned. He's really good. Yeah. And he would say, uh, confidence is never a goal. Confidence is never a performance. Confidence is never a result. Confidence is never an outcome. Confidence is history. Confidence mm. is now. You know, confidence is earned, bro. And what's the long-term effect of just doing things consistently, such as smiling every time I saw someone? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's little things, bro. And, like, what's the – that's how you eat power pellets, man. Like, it's crazy, bro. It's crazy. Can, be, talk, can you uh, – Gavin, talk a little bit more about 
that um because uh, many, many people many people may not know Paul Dooley and you know his effect. How what did that as you went into it? Like how did that trajectory? How did that conversation and that talk really propel you to doing what you're um, a little bit into like what you're doing now? Um, Absolutely, man. So essentially, it it, tra- it literally. I, I can count on my hands. There's five moments in my life that have like transformed my life to like where I am now. And what I got the most from Paul Dooling was he was talking about like these three categories and he called these categories, the paradox of control. And he said, the first one is direct control, meaning you have a hundred percent control over the outcome. Then there's influences things, depending on what you do, you can kind of influence the outcome, but not a hundred percent of the time. Um, and then there's things you have no control over. And he would label like then he would give us like a couple different things and we would then try to categorize them. Um, but obviously they're in the golf realm. But essentially he would say things like weather you have no control over. So when you play golf, if it's raining, you got to go play. You can't like complain. You know what I'm saying? Like he was like, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. if it's windy, you have no control over it. Um, how other people are playing, whether they're playing good or bad, they have no control over you. And then he would say your swing. And, you know, most people are like, oh, that's direct control. And then he was like, ah, actually, you can't control your swing 100% of the time, every time. Because if you could, um, nobody would take a golf lesson. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so he would say, yes. your swing is something that's influenced. Then he would say, your result, your scores, whether you win or lose, that's been influenced. He would then mm. say, um, the quality of your golf shots, whether they're good or bad. Are those direct control, no control, or influence? And then everyone's like, okay, influence. And then he said, focus. And we're like, okay, direct control. Then he was like, preparation. We're like, oh, okay, direct control. Then he was like, your club selection. Okay, direct control. But then he wrote these three words on the board that blew my mind. He said, frustration, fear, and anxiety, nervousness, pressure, all come from the influence category. They all, mm. all those emotions, all those feelings come from things that are out of your direct control. Mm. And then he showed us a clip of Steph Curry. And it was amazing. It was Steph Curry. They were like, Steph, you have all this confidence, man. When you shoot, you have all this confidence. It was right in 2016. Right around, I think it was November 28th, 2016, where Steph broke the uh, three-point record. When he went, he, he had 13 threes in one game. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and they were mm-hmm. like, yo, Steph, what was it like? He goes, man, I was just out there worrying about the things I could control, shooting my shot, and, man, they were going in. You know, and that's what Steph said. And they're like, wow, you must feel so much confidence. And Steph was like, I mean, blah, blah, blah. What, you know, long story short, Steph was like, yeah. But what a lot of people don't remember is the game before. Steph went 0 of 10 from three. Wow. Mm. And Paul was basically like, you know, he's not saying don't be worried about the results. Don't be worried about your swing. But like, if you really want to become that guy who takes over and feels confident, you got to put more of your emphasis on the things you can control, such as your focus, your attention and your preparation. And um, he told this story. And I told you guys, most stories are made up all mine are true. And And he said this story about, um, in 2007, Kobe Bryant um, had his like first Mamba like uh, Nike uh, camp, and uh, mm-hmm. and this was like before it became the academy. It was like his first like camp. Where he first got the idea, and 07 was crazy because this is when Kobe went from number eight to 24. So he was, you know, he was coming into his whole new persona, the Mamba. Yeah. So he picked, he hand selected 20 of the best like uh, recruits in the nation, like high school guys, and they tell the story about this kid who's on the bus who was already in college and all the top recruits get off the bus and they're all like acting up, going to UCLA, loving it because they're like thinking it's sweet and stuff. And there's this one kid who goes straight to the gym before everyone else. He goes up and starts practicing. Then Kobe comes in and like, obviously is like taking shots and like cushes them in camp and practices and like ends the camp. And that same kid who was there four hours early before anyone else stays there and grabs one of the coaches like, Hey coach, can you rebound for me? And his coach is like, bro, this is crazy. I just saw you in here before everyone else. Kobe just kicked y'all's ass and y'all, you still in here practicing? He's like, yeah, man, I got to switch five threes in a row before I can leave. And the kid was there for like another hour because you guys know how hard it is to switch a three, let alone yeah, five yeah. in a row. And the kid in the story is Steph Curry. 
So like fast forward, like in 07, no one knows who this kid is. And now here it is, you know, he's like the greatest shooter of all time, but no one saw like, what's the long-term effect of just being prepared. Steph Curry would never leave a gym until he was, he switched five threes in a row. So that's why you see like all this confidence and all this swagger. And I mean, Steph Curry is just the goat, but I mean, that's, like, and, and that's basically what I loved about the Paul Dooling stuff was like, it, that's what confidence comes from. Confidence is history. Every, you know, confidence is the ability of doing things consistently. And Steph knows that he didn't leave any gym until he switched five threes in a row. So every time he's on a court, he's like, oh, man, I've been here before. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's right. All like, that and that, preparation. Bingo. That preparation. Preparation. And that's, preparation, preparation. And, and that's something that can actually be controlled is how prepared you are, whether right. that's for a test whether that's for work, whether that's for a date, you know what I'm saying? Like you can be like, Hey man, you know what I'm saying? You get that, uh, you know, if you're going on a little date, Paul, you know, you get that black ice, you know what I'm saying? You, that's that right. ice and, and you know, you clean the seats or whatever, you know what I'm saying? You set the mood, you know, some good. You set the tongue. Hey, you know what I'm saying? This was my go-to, bro. But obviously yeah. COVID kind of hit me a little bit. I would always go, Hey, can I run something by you real quick? And you know, she would be like, yeah, I guess you can run something by me. I was like, Hey, in your opinion, who do you think lie more, men or women? Mm, okay. So, Paul, Paul, you answer. You just pretend. Who do you think okay. lie more, men or women? If, if I'm the girl, I would say men. Got awesome. So, like, obviously, we had, like, a little bar, a little club, or whatever. you know what I'm saying? So, I was like, all right. right. Uh, so, I was like, hey, have you ever taken a lying test before? Mm-hmm. No. No, I no. have not. So, we're going to take a test. But if you uh, fail the test, you have to buy me a drink. But, you know, if you pass the test, I'll buy you and your friends around the drinks or whatever. You know what I'm saying? They're like, and they're right. like okay, okay, whatever. Yeah, you know, sure, whatever. deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And then obviously, the girl that you asking for this ain't the one you really want to talk to. You know what I'm saying? It's one of her friends anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, 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 giving all the game. Hey, bro. So obviously, hey, don't give it all out. Don't give it hey, all no, out. No, no, no. Hey, hey, that's hey, what it's meant to do, bro. I'm meant to share it, baby. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, so you ready to take the test? Yes. So, Paul, you got to lie to me for all five questions, bro. I got to lie to you. All right, all right. But if you tell me the truth, you fail the test. Okay. All right, let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. All right. How old are you? 26. Oh, my goodness, Trevor. This boy hilarious. Uh, where are you from? <laughs> I'm from Texas. Oh, all my exes live in Texas. All right. Hey, if you could travel anywhere in the world, Paul, where would you travel? The Faroe Islands. Oh, wow. Um, mm-hmm. Dang. How many questions have I asked you so far? You asked me four. Dang, bro. You just told me the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you ask me four for real? Yeah, I did. <laughs> he did. He did. He did. Damn. <laughs> Damn. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a married man. I'm, I'm going to try that out of my wife, though. <laughs> I'm telling you. So, like, hey, nine out of ten times that worked. But let's say someone smart like Paul was, right? And you know, let's say they say three or something instead. You know, they lied to me, right? Right. So then, the final question: You ready for this? Is have you taken this test before? Mm. Hey. So, Trevor, if they say yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'd be like, that's crazy because you're taking it right because you're taking it right now. Now, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously, you know, she's all like, oh my goodness, that's so funny. And then her friend that you know, obviously not getting any of the attention, is like, who is this dude? And then I walk away. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Hey, then I walk away. That's always that's the kicker. You gotta walk away. I think it's always to have as man, we we like Gavin, this is a open pot. We we can talk about many things, and I think. That is, we're giving, we're, we are giving out some game as well for even for some of the, the young men out there Yeah, but I wouldn't even say like it's, it's a game or anything, but it's like, you know. It I, is a game. It, as you talk it, about, it's fun. It, it's it, fun. It, thank you. So it is. Bro, so it hey, is a little. But like, here's the thing is like, you know, people take golf lessons. They take tennis lessons, but no one is able to like take a lesson on how to talk to somebody of the opposite sex. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, cause like, here's the thing, man, is I teach a lot of, you know, mouth breathers, you know what I'm saying? Kids who get picked last, you know, you know, Mountain Dew kid, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Right. Bro, like, you know, it's like not everyone I coach is, you know, you, but anybody can, you know, if you can create 
a, a relationship and just a dialogue. Like I, you can do, that's a great icebreaker to do anything. Like it doesn't yeah. have to be about, you know, but like it's, but I agree, Trevor, you know, I'm trying, you know, I try to, Hey, you know, Hey, Hey, don't hate the play. hate the game. I'm, I'm not here. <laughs> I'm loving it all. I, I was about to get in on it. I was like, hey, give up. We can give out some more free oh, bro, advice I, out hey, there. Hey, hey, boy. I, I, I got, hey, bro. I got some lies, boy. I'm going to act it up, bro. Speaking of lines, uh, here, I, here's it. This is like a completely off topic, but speaking of lines, something that, and Gabby be pissing me off sometimes about this because I'd be not doing anything on, on Mondays. But your thing, I've been never miss a Monday. Never miss a Monday. Yeah, right? what the, what is that? Yeah, where did that come from? Like, I would like to know that too. Yes. I caught something, bro. So here we go. Speaking of Mondays, bro, tomorrow will be my thirty tomorrow. So might be my thirty fourth Monday in a row. Okay. Damn. So obviously during COVID, you know, I was I ain't gonna lie. We all gained a little weight or whatever. You know, what I'm saying I was acting <laughs> up a little bit. You know. Yeah. But essentially, man, I started realizing if, like, if I can go, like I've been doing CrossFit for like two years. And I was going like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays and taking off Thursdays. Right. Yeah. And then I was finding myself doing Fridays. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, because I do golf or whatever, you know, Saturday and Sundays, I was acting up, you know what I'm saying? Like I was going out and then Mondays roll around. I was like, bro, man, I don't know if I want to go. And I found out when I didn't go to Monday, then I probably won't go into Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday, yeah. And then if I ain't go to Tuesday and Wednesday, I will go Friday and then Saturday and Sunday, I won't get in it. So then I was like, bro, if I start going on Mondays, then if I'm the guy who never misses a Monday, you know what I'm saying? Because that was where it started, boys. It's like, it, my goal wasn't just to work out for working out. I'm just telling myself, I'm the guy who doesn't miss Mondays. You know? And if you don't miss a Monday, you probably be hard in there to go Tuesdays. And then I was right. like, bro, if I could go Tuesdays, let me go Wednesday. And then I started acting up because I was like, bro, if I could go three days in a row, let me go four. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then I started going four. And then I was like, bro, I kind of like when I'm starting to see in a mirror. You know what I'm saying, bro? I'm like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying? Hey, that, hey, that movie, women started fitting a little different. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, you know what I'm saying? You can get rid of the washing machine, just use the hey, ads. You know what I'm about Friday, but no, for real though, like once COVID hit and I got back to working out, my gym started opening. I just got really lucky fellas that like one man, I, I have just, and I pride myself on this, man. I probably might not, I might, I'm, I know I'm not the smartest dude in the world. I know I'm not the best looking dude in the world. I know I'm not the brightest, but there's one thing I am, bro. And I'm going to work hard and I'm going to be prepared. And I just make sure I'm always in a room where I'm never the smartest dude in there. So I started, I found a good room and a good environment and a good gym. I go to the 6 a.m. class and I've been going since COVID and everyone who's in that class, fellas, they're just, you know, surgeons. They are uh, real estate moguls. They are the type, Mm -hmm. they are lawyers. They are esquires. They are nurses. They are firefighters. They are, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're pilots. They work in the DEA, bro. They, you know, they're the type of people who got stuff to do. And I'm just watching how they move. And I'm watching how, you know, I'm the only one in there. And I'm the youngest one in the room by about 12 years. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And, and I, I'm in here, you know, younger than them. And these people both fit than me. They get up right. earlier than me. They go, yep. they, they stay up later than me. They make more money than me. They got a, you know, so I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Some ain't had up. You know what I'm saying? So like, <laughs> you know, so, so then I started just, you know, I, it just started little catchy things. And then I was like, bro, never miss a Monday. And then I really was like, bro, I'm actually in here on Mondays. And then I just keep going. And it's amazing how I hear you guys say that, but I can't tell you the amount of people who, you know, say things like that to me, bro. And it's like, I, I want to be the type of person who never misses a Monday, bro. That's, that's who I am. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm that yeah. guy, you know, and I'm the guy that doesn't miss a Monday. I'm the guy who eats power pellets. I'm the guy who the glass is always half full. I'm going to be the guy who's going to smile at you first. I'm going to be the guy that's going to say hi to you first. I'm going to be the guy that says thank you first. Like Paul says, bro, I've been like this since you met me. This is no cat, bro. Yes. Like, it's like, it's, this is how I am every single moment of my day. Now, by no means, I'm not going to sit here like, yeah, I get sad. Yeah, I get upset. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I get depressed. But like, it's, it's, it's just a, a, a essence of flow. And the, crazy, oh, yeah. and the craziest thing is that's literally my name, bro. Like, my middle name is Flotilla. You know, like, my, 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 the essence of flow is like, that's, that's a part of me, man. And it's like the secret to happiness, bro. No, I mean, that's, and that's, I mean, that's huge, right? Because that's, 
that's motivating. I mean, like you said, like you're, you're without even realizing it, right. You're creating, a, you created a habit for yourself that in, in turn made it like, okay, all right, I've gone these three days. Let me start going for, let me start going, let me do this. And then that habit, you know, it makes you feel prepared. Right. And now that preparedness is, is transitioning. And I'm sure, you know, after you get that workout and I'm just like, you know, they all say it, it produces endorphins and hormones and everything else. You get that workout and you leave and like, you're like, damn, all right, I feel ready to take on the day. I'm ready. Let's go, let's go hit it. Let's go move forward. You know? And, and then, and two, you know, the, the beauty about fitness, right. Is you see directly what the amount of work you're putting in, right. You Boom. see that come out. Except, you're, except, sorry, go ahead. I, no, I go want ahead. to intrude, intrude that fitness, much like many things, much like as all we can all see though, is that I think the, the, the puts the nail on the head is that it takes consistency and, oh. it takes, and you, and because many as even what Steph Curry and even with all, everything that I've in my own studies is like fitness does it. It just like the same goes. Rome wasn't built in a day. Oh, and, Gavin probably didn't, and Gavin probably didn't see those results after one week. Nope. Probably didn't see those results after three weeks. Boom. You probably didn't see those results even after a month. Right. And so you don't never, you never know when it's going to happen. Boom. But with, but what optimistic people, what optimistic things is that, you know, it will happen if you keep putting in the work Amen. and if you keep doing it, you never know. It's just and sort of like love. Like when we fall in love and when we see a woman, like you don't know the exact time, but if you stay with it and you stay with it, it's eventually going to happen. And so, um, sorry, that's all I wanted to, to put no, in. It's like, no, it's, it's necessary. It, that, that is, that is the thing is like, with fit, like you can go for a run for a week, go for a run for like a two weeks and people quit. And then it's like, but if you keep doing it, even the small things over time, like, um, it, it will eventually happen. Even if you just do 50 pushups a day, 10 pushups a day, you'll start seeing results. And I think that's the, that's that's the point I want to make. It's like just starting and just taking bro, the action to doing it, bro. That's that's, so true. that's, that's the most fire thing. Like I, I I can already tell Trevor. Have you read the Atomic Habits by James Clear? Yes, I have, bro. <laughs> I, I, I read a lot, <laughs> bro. That that book has changed my life. Like, bro, that's like that tiny equals mighty, bro. Like the um, tiny. like I I think obviously you guys will appreciate like Greg Popovich, right? Right. Mm. Yeah. Like amazing coach, but he has this quote that's in the locker room and I come to it all the time. And like it, the quotes, this is like, when nothing seems to help, I go and look at a stone cutter hammering away at his rock, perhaps a hundred times without as much as a crack showing in it yet at the hundred and first blow, it will split in two. And I know it was not that blow that did it. It was all that had gone before. Mm, that's true. And that's, and that's, that's literally what Trevor just said. Like, that's like, and that's the thing, Trevor. I think that's what so many people, you know, and I wish, you know, I, like they, they expect all this rapid, immediate success where you just said it, bro. Little things add up in the long run, bro. And, and, and to it's, go it's, off of that, to go off that too. Cause so when I, so when I came to Campbell to wrestle and Trevor kind of knows this too, and Gavin, you probably know this too, the, the wrestling team was not very good at the time that yep. my recruiting class came. We were not good. It wasn't and, good when I was there. What are well, you I, well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. But, but, you know, there was a time where Campbell was like pretty decent program and kind of went through a trial and tribulations. When I got there, you know, we were, Borderline was there. But I remember when Colette came in, Colette said something that, you know, it, at the time it didn't really resonate as much, which it should have because, you know, the way I, my career was, but he said, every single day and everything you do is a drip in the bucket, right? Mm. It's a, you know, you can't just turn on the faucet and, and, and then put your bucket under there and you're going to catch all the water. And then you're going to walk out and have a pail full of water. He's like, that's not how this program is going to be built. Right. And it's so funny because so my last year, my, my red shirt, my fifth year there, we were, we had, we were decent, right? We had, we had some good, we had some good uh, qualifiers we were right on the brink of being like a top 25 team. And then all those guys that were true freshmen last year, Campbell ended up being ranked like the number 12th ranked team in the country in division one. Like all they had, you know, three all Americans, all this crazy stuff that happened. And it's like, you know, it makes sense. And the, the older I'm getting, the more, you know, the more it makes sense, right. It's a drip in the bucket. Like you can't just go and fill up your water. Cause if you could do that, every single person would do it. Right. It's the little things, just the consistency. It's, it's doing the little things on a consistent basis, you know, like, okay, I, I want to study. I want to read, you know, 
10 pages today. Well, shit, if I read 11 pages today, that's an extra page a day. That's 365 extra pages a year. I could be boom, you know? Boom. So it's all those little things that, you know, like you said, the stone cutter, he hit that a hundred times. Right. And on the hundredth one, it breaks. And that's what a lot of people see. They don't see the hundred little hits it takes to get to that, that boom. 101 and that, that masterpiece, you know, that's boom. so, yeah, that's yep. so, they, so they, true. They don't see, they don't, they don't see the the five shots that you got to take at the end of the day to swish. Right. They don't see those. Bingo. They see the 13, the 13 in the game. They say, damn, exactly. if I go outside and, and just make some of those, I'll be all right. And, and, and that's why I really think like at the end of the day, it then boils down to like those things that we've all just discovered that, that no, if you really think about it, no one has to tell us that, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like if it, right. it should, it, it, we, should, we, we already really know that it's just a matter of being disciplined and having the clarity to allow yourself to be consistent. Going back to what Trevor really said is like, at the end of the day, it's about being consistent. And if you can consistently do it. Oh, and then guess what confidence is the ability of being what consistent. Consistent, you know, yep. so like, and that's all it is, man. And I think if you really want to be a beast, you don't have to. No one needs to tell you what to do. You already know right. what to do. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like, right. You, you, like, I don't know if you guys ever seen the Morphe, the the Matrix, the movie. Yes. I don't know if you got like, but yeah. I think about that movie all the time. And Mor- Morphe is so Neo. He's like, bro, Neo's the difference between knowing the path and walking the path. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Neo, you're the one, bro. You 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 already you already walking it, bro. You don't have to try. You don't have to not do. You already are doing it. And that's the thing right. is like, we all write our own stories about our life, man. Like no one can write Gavin Parker's story. Nobody can write, you know, Trevor's story, bro. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like Trevor, like you, you got this, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's crazy, man. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. You know? well, let's, um, I would like to ask Gavin as being a new CEO and besides COVID, what has been some of the biggest, um, you know, hurdles, Ooh. um, in the, in the last couple of years. And, and, and why do you think that has happened? And why and, do you think and, those happen? And to Gavin, go, yeah. Talk about a little bit about COVID too. Cause I am interested in like how it changed from seeing change. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so exactly. go kind of talk about it kind of all in general, I guess. Yeah. Go ahead. So I would say when COVID first hit, man, it was the most humbling, um, experience of my life, bro. Like it was, um, for the first time in my life, bro, like my, my, my job, my workplace, they, they kind of furloughed like 91% of the staff there. And, wow. um, you know, I was doing things that I wasn't hired to do, bro. I was washing toilets, bro. I was taking out trash. I was cleaning dishes, you know, I was running carts, you know, like it, it was a humbling experience, man. I was, I was reminding myself what my life would be like if I wasn't who I am, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, yep. Hold on for one second, guys. I'm at work yep, right now. No problem. Gotta lock it up. No hey, man, problem. if you guys do your normal closing procedures, I'll lock it up and uh, set the alarm. Thank you, sir. Perfect. But yeah, man, so that's kind of what happened. And then like through COVID, I couldn't coach and teach and stuff for a little while. So it gave me more time to be, um, you know, to kind of regroup and re- reconsolidate and do some time to learn and study. And it was a perfect opportunity to work on my ability to leverage environments. And I started teaching golf um, via Zoom. And um, I was using like people's things that they would find in their house and was actually trying to make ambiguity in the series of games. So I targeted like 10 families at my club who have kids that all have a low interest into traditional golf, meaning like they're not the kid who's going to go out and play They're, they, you know, like they're, they're, they, they don't like golf at all. And I was like, man, if I can make these kids entertain for an hour a week for 10 weeks, bro, I got the game in a squeeze. Um, it was right. a great learning opportunity for myself. And I had to leverage, you know, having game design elements and knowing how to leverage, you know, people's homes and balls and different problem solving and creating scenarios. And then obviously once it got warmer and because of social distancing, and because everything was really closed, you know, golf was the rare thing that we could do. So right, yeah, because yeah. kids couldn't go to their dance or karate or art or their theater or soccer or basketball or football, they could do golf. So I started to see way more kids who had more time on their hand, who kind of were getting put in front of me for golf. And I was like, bro, I'm getting way more kids. None of these kids want to be good at golf. Huh? This is a perfect opportunity to leverage games. And when mm. I say games, good games. So I partnered with a buddy of mine who's an actual game designer. And this guy makes legit games. And I brought it to Richmond, Virginia. 
and started doing things that no one else was seeing. And I'm seeing kids who've never played golf who are having more fun and yelling and getting excited. Like if they're at drive shack or if they're at top golf or if they are at soccer or, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like right, right. I, I'm creating win states for kids where the outcomes are not solely predicated on who's the best, but on who right. played the game the best or who got lucky or who used perfect resources or different player interactions. I'm creating things that are harmonious and collaborative and not just hostile, you know, like I, I am actually creating scenarios where like, you know, because I, these kids are doing these things, they're seeing the game, uh, the, 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 the realm of the game change, you know, it's like when you press X button, we see Mario jump, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, because I'm pressing a Mario's jumping where most kids, when they play golf, they don't get that choice. They, Christ, you know, yeah. you know, they, they, they are doing this cause somebody says they got to hold the head like this and get your stance <laughs> like this and to, to, to hold your finish, you know, follow through, you know, like this, they're making their own choices, bro. They're pressing a, and they're seeing Mario jump, bro. Like you, because, because they did this choice, they've affected the, the game and that's powerful, bro. And yes. that's, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like that's, that's, and that's what COVID has showed me. It's like, bro. I wake up every day, Paul, like, bro, I'm about to disrupt traditional junior golf. <laughs> and and when, when I use this persona of the CEO of junior golf, because everyone else, when it comes to Instagram and junior golf, they only see kids who are good or kids who right. are elite. Where if you watch my page, I got fucking mouth breathers out there, bro. I got kids who, who get picked last. I got kids who can't, who are autistic winning games, bro. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, 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 and yeah, it's it's not golf how we would see it. It's golf. You know, they got a stick in their hand and a ball and I'm calling it G because golf is boring, bro. But you know, like I, I am quickly realizing you don't even need to be the best anymore. You just got to make something new. New, yeah. yeah. If I can create that new opportunity, bro, I don't have to be the best um, golf instructor in the world or work with the best players in the world, bro, I'm going to be the guy who's the, who makes the new environment a G and I'm going to have a hundred kids every day who want to play G versus that one kid who wants to be really good. Right. Right. And, that, and that's growing the game. Right. I mean, think about all the people that play pickup basketball Boom. that would never go play golf or that would hey. go do all those things. But I mean, hey, me personally, yeah. I enjoy playing golf, but like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Kim, Kimball did through that. I love playing golf. <laughs> yeah. Learn but, that. but but that's the thing though. But like, I, I'm willing to bet, bro. I don't like golf unless I'm playing well in golf. I'm not trying to grow the game of golf, bro. I don't get down with golf, bro. Golf didn't, 50 years ago, people like me couldn't play golf, bro. I'm not down That's for right. golf. You're right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, dude, golf golf doesn't deserve the kids I teach, bro. I ain't mm. trying to grow golf at all, bro. Golf, I can care a Golf isn't accessible. Golf is, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, fuck golf, man. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, hey, right. That's why I play But it's G. the vehicle. The, okay, G. Okay. Yeah, right. But no, no, no. Right. But that, I would agree, right? It's the vehicle. It is the only thing. I'm going to be honest right now. The only thing I love about golf, and I'm, I'm not capping. This is, this is not arrogant. It's not bragging. It's humble. The one thing I do love about golf is deemed as affluent. It's deemed as, oh, my goodness, you got to have a little bit of disposable income to play it. So golf, mm -hmm. because it's deemed golf, allows me to charge four times any other junior program. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Like, like, wow. like if, if I was a tennis coach, you know, right. ooh, they're like, oh, $40 an hour for a tennis lesson. Ooh, if I was a football coach or a basketball coach or a soccer coach, bro, because I coach golf, I can charge, bro, I charge four times any, you know what I'm saying? They're like, it's mm -hmm. golf. And then I'm actually learning on the back end, boys. I am a PGA certified golf instructor. I am, you know, yes. like, like, so I got yes. all the, I got all the paper. And when they're right. like, well, why is Johnny playing King putt? I want him to learn um, the fundamentals. Well, I was like, yo, Johnny just uh, executed that putt from the river card to get an extension on. And did you see how stoked he was to get that? You know what I'm right. saying? <laughs> and, 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 but if they want me to talk about, well, you know, his angular momentum, he, he needs to get his trail on more, more engaged because he's not generated enough space, club face rotation about four or five degrees. So, you know, like, I can do right. that too. You know what right. I'm saying? Wow. So like, wow. So, this is so, a little hum. I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. So, so at any point, <laughs> so at any point, like, and this is the thing, Trevor, is like, and this is, it, it's been a blessing is I'm down mm. playing the way I look. 
and how young I yes. am for oh man he yes. must he don't know what he talking about and I like I love it bro because when you see me mm. man I, I I will tell you I'm a, a I don't talk about anything I've read seen or de- done myself and what's the long term effect of not just creating outcomes and trying to create everyone good but like what's the long term effect Trevor of creating an environment where kids are playing games for the sake of playing not to have some means to an end, not to be rewarded, not to get some prize, but the prize itself is doing the thing that we're doing. Oh, mm. and, and when it's all said and done, boys, when I'm dead and gone, all I want is a fucking smoothie named after me, bro. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> well, you keep going on this track. I think, I think you may be able to get it. I, I think for me, I, hearing this, it's so good because also the everything that I just like Paul, I love that we have got, but the energy, the energy, but also the young, the young children, right. They also, they can also, they have, um, what's the word? They have accountability and ownership of, of what they're doing, right. Through, through the discovery of what they're doing, right. It's also, it's also more sticky when, as, as they grow, as they grow, right. As they become 12 and 11 year olds, they're like, Oh, I discovered this when I was three. Boom. I discovered this when I was five. Boom. And so, and so, instead of instead of spoon feeding it to the children, they they take a little bit more ownership of it, and then therefore they they it sticks with them, and actually they learn a lot faster. Actually, yes. Um, when when you when it goes about. So here's here's the uh, now 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 we got a couple of tough questions for you. We softened you all up throughout the whole interview. We got, we got you real close. Now we're gonna sit you down in the chair and say, all right, here's the uh, the tough questions. Uh, no, but seriously, the, I, I mean, tr- I, the question we always we ask this to all of our guests, man, because we we feel like it's important and we feel like like to hear it, you know, just so. And it's a two part question, right? It, it's who mm-hmm. in your life has impacted you the most and, you know, through growing up and everything else. It could be anyone. You could have a multitude of people, however you want to answer it. And then the second part of that question is to a young Gavin Parker, to a young Gavin Flo, like what, what is your advice to that person, you know, going up and growing up and coming through and if they want to, you know, be like you, bringing the energy, right, my, you know, disrupting. My, my biggest mentor is easy, do, man. You know, my father is Flotilla Parker. My dad died Gavin. on Father's Day in yeah. 2019. Um, he, he died playing golf, bro. It was kind of lit. Um, and since he's died, mm. it has been the biggest catalyst for my life. Um, it's ever since he's died, bro. I've I've been like, okay, I get it now, baby. You know what I'm saying? It's time to go. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would say if I had to tell young Gavin anything, and it's, it's almost hilarious because every time I asked my dad, I was like, yo dad, when you die, what do I got to do to make sure I'll be all right? And he would say the same thing every time. And what I would tell young Gavin is this, is Gavin, take your time, but don't waste your time. And I first heard that phrase when um, mm. Chadwick Bozeman died. Um, I forget her name. I'm going to butcher her last name, but you guys know who I'm talking about. Her name's Lapita, whatever. Yeah. She was like, um, she was like his love interest in Black Panther. She was in like 12 Years a Slave, you know, the actress. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she used that hashtag in her like yeah. caption yep. to, <laughs> to member Chadwick. And she said, you know, take your time, but don't waste your time. And I would always, you know, my biggest gift in this world, gentlemen, is definitely my energy. And my greatest weakness in this world is definitely my energy. And I'm Mm -hmm. constantly go, go, going. I'm constantly flow, flow, flowing. And I Mm -hmm. need to remind myself that if I take my time, but not waste (laughs) my time, I'll be all right. And my dad would always say to me, because, I mean, he had his first heart attack in, like, 2016, so it won't, like, no unexpected thing. And I was, like, at that moment, I was, like, bro, my dad ain't going to be here forever. And I spent, like, three years with my dad, just about every day for three years. We worked together. He helped me start my golf academy together and everything. It was lit. And um, I would say, yo, dad, when you dead, bro, what I, what I got to do to be all right, bro? He was, like, yo, Gavin, you going to be all right. What, what, all you got to do is take the time, son. And he would say that to me every single time. And here I am now, you know, I just had a birthday about two weeks ago. And like last week, I had a rough week, boys. I ain't gonna lie, I was pretty upset, man. I don't know, it's been crazy. And um, I just find myself, when I remind myself to take my time, 
and not waste my time and to celebrate those little moments such as never missing on Monday, you know, that's, that's, that's my time to be Gavin. And as Gavin, Gavin's just the type of guy who takes his time but doesn't waste his time. So when Paul hit me up last week about this, bro, I was like, oh, boy, it's time to go. <laughs> no, man. And listen, I, you know, awesome. I, I, that's, I mean, that's such a, a, a powerful thing to say, right? Because I do think there's so many people. I mean, COVID kind of laid it on the line for a lot of people, right? In terms of yes. everyone always says, oh, man, I just don't got the time to do it. I ain't got the time to do it. Well, guess what? COVID happened. And a yep. lot of people had, people had a lot of time and they didn't do a lot of the stuff. They said that they had more time they would have done, right? That's a, a big thing that kind of hit me. But I mean, I can tell you this, man. I, you know, I, I know, you know, that going through that, I, I can only imagine, but I, you know, then, then, but being able to spend that time, you know, with your, with your dad through that, that, you know, those three years being together, learning, you know, I'm sure, you know, and me not knowing your dad, but I'm sure people that know you say that, you know, you, you resemble a lot of the things that he does and he stood for and everything else. So I, you know, I'm sure he's very proud of you and everything else and all the things that you're going to be doing in the future, disrupting all those people that think they know what they're doing with junior golf and everything else. So uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to follow along. I'm excited you came on here. Uh, I mean, I got, I'm starstruck, starstruck, brother. So thank you again. I would just say, I appreciate it. It's a, that was very powerful, pretty, really amazing. Um, I kind of know a little bit as uh, talking to Paul, I lost my grandfather to COVID this year my grandfather and and the same, I think, and I believe the same tenants and the same um, things that you did, you know, leading up with your father, I did with my grandfather and that has propelled and, and, and Paul touched it on the head, uh, touched it, you know, I think COVID has allowed either people to um, take the time to take the time to do the things that they keep saying that they're doing um, or, um, reevaluate and continue, uh, reevaluate, you know, how they want their lives to be written. And, you know, I'm excited. Um, thank you so much for coming on to this, uh, to our podcast. Your energy is awesome. I want to continue to follow you. Um, anything that you, you need from us, um, reach out. Um, and if you, you want to throw up a little, uh, yeah, I was gonna say, a little yeah. promo for, for, I just want to say one, I appreciate you guys so much. Um, this was awesome. Um, it's for me, it's all about just spreading power pellets and joy. And, uh, if anyone would like to follow me, I appreciate all the support on, uh, the socials. Mm-hmm. I'm heavy on TikTok. Uh, and I don't know if you guys have TikTok, but I, especially if you guys have this podcast, man, um, put your podcast on TikTok. TikTok, as of February 9th, 2020, became the fastest social media site to reach a billion users. Um, so I would just say no one really understands TikTok yet, but there's a reason why uh, Mr. Trump was trying to, you know, obviously get rid of it because no one understands it's super powerful. It's, um, it's, it's the future of social media. Um, and I would say there's an opportunity right now. You probably, you guys have like another window, like a year before it gets oversaturated with other podcasts. So I would get on TikTok for sure if I was you two. Um, and uh, it's just powerful. For example, I've been on Instagram for nine years and I have like 3,000 okay. followers on Instagram. I've been on TikTok for nine months and I have 23,000 followers. Um, yeah. Wow. Yes. Wow. And um, big, I, I would big say on TikTok, time frame, uh, small my handle is at CEO of Junior Golf. And uh, Instagram, um, starting August 19th, 2019, I posted every single day to Instagram. I've had three false starts since, meaning I didn't post on a day, but I followed it up. Um, and since posting every day to Instagram, I started, uh, I think, at 376 followers, posting every day for almost a year and three months. I now have like 3000 followers. So, um, you going back to what you said, Trevor, about consistency. I'm just the wow. guy who consistently posts the social media. And through that, that has led me to do more opportunities such as these podcasts for you. And you guys are literally saying, um, you know, this podcast is a platform for people who, before they even hit the, 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 the stage of becoming great, you know, this is where they started. And I've always told myself, I need to know that I'm great before I am. I need to know I am the best before that I am just because I write my own story 
And this is just the beginning. Mm. Um, and that's why I just want to share that to everyone in this world. It's like, mm. if it's on this earth, you can go get it if you really want it. If you just have the courage to flourish, um, whatever, whatever is your dreams, whether they're, they're, they're real or refurbished, um, just go get them. Awesome, man. That's, wow. that's super awesome. powerful. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. So thank you so much for coming on. And we'll, for all you listeners, we're going to, we'll tag it. We'll put all this stuff on, uh, the social and everything. So you guys, uh, can easily follow and get in touch. And if you have any questions or if you just want to be motivated and, and, and make sure you're hitting something, doing something every hey, Monday, boy, hey, it'll make you feel hey, bad. We it up, man. It's a Monday. Every time I miss a Monday, I'm like, damn, I got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah man again we really thank you thank you for coming on gavin so, appreciate it thank you thanks absolutely so thanks everybody thanks for listening we'll talk to you soon and yeah, goodbye bro. everybody